Hello, everybody. Chef Marcus Giuliano here. Welcome to Chef on a Mission Radio. Uh, is my podcast all about food and beverage, how to eat better, how to drink better, how to live better. So welcome to episode number 83. This is the margarita episode, not margarita pizza, margarita as in tequila. This is all about margaritas today. And um, with Cinco de Mayo just ending, uh, this I thought this would be a very good time because people drink margaritas year round. People love margaritas, but what's really in that margarita, what's really in the tequila? And what are the other spirits that you can use to make a margarita? Uh, there's several spirits in Mexico, in Mexico, uh, beyond tequila, like mezcal, resilia, uh, sotol, bacanora, some things that you may have not have heard of and some things your local Mexican restaurant may never have heard of. We're going to talk about all of that in this episode. But first, this is brought to you by Aromatime Bistro, located 90 miles north of New York City. We were the first certified green restaurant in upstate New York. And we've been here since 2003, serving farm to table cuisine with an amazing bar. Great, we like to say great food, real bar. Lots of great ingredients behind our bar, a lot of great spirits. And this is why I'm going to be dropping the knowledge I am today about tequila and margaritas. And if you want to travel with us to wine regions throughout the world, uh, through Italy, Spain, New York, and now Valle Guadalupe in Mexico and Baja, visit VIP Winery Vacations. Dot com. You'll see our upcoming trips there. If you need help in the Hudson Valley, we provide a designated driver service. We get you to the wineries safely. We show up. Our drivers are vetted and our insured drivers drive your car so you can get around safely to all the vineyards here, vineyards, distilleries, um, and uh, breweries here in the Hudson Valley. So uh, that is best hudson valley wine tours.com check that out uh, it's part of vip winery vacations you can get the link from there from that website all right the margarita edition so jamie and i've had the privilege of going to mexico three times in the last six months and not to mexican resorts where you check on check in and in the cancun or somewhere and sit on a beach and it's all you can drink and is that no we've gone to the real Mexico. We've gone to the countryside. We've driven a car around. We've rented a car, driven all around Baja in that northern part of Baja, uh, through the winery region, through the restaurants, meeting people. Uh, we've done that three times in six months. The last time we went, we took a group tour, and we now do group tours there. We've been to both places that have invented the margarita, uh, have claimed to invent the margarita in the 20s. You have Tucson's, and you have Bar Andalus, both in Ensenada. Claim, they're claiming the fame is in the 20s that they invented the margarita. Now, the margarita, folks, is a very simple drink to make, but it is an often, um, I don't want to say it, abused drink to make here that, that's made here in the U.S. It's very simple. A margarita is two ounces of tequila, one ounce of Cointreau, good triple sec, good triple sec. Um, I'm talking about triple sec, good triple sec or curacao, and one ounce of lime juice. And that's it. If you want to add a little sweetness to it, you add a little bit of agave nectar or simple syrup, but we like agave nectar. Tequila is made from agave. Why not use the agave nectar? So that's it in drinks. So when you go to a restaurant and they pour you a margarita in a big glass, there's no two ounces of tequila, one ounce of Cointreau, and one ounce of lime juice. There is a lot of sour mix with corn syrup or simple syrup in it. There's a vast amount of, 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 of just like, almost like soda in there. In fact, I went to a, a restaurant in Tampa recently, uh, South Tampa in Venice, Florida, and 
Mexican restaurant, busy place, hopping place. And I asked the bartender, how do you make your margaritas? I really don't want to mix. He goes, I love making margaritas from scratch. I love that. I said, great. He was so enthusiastic. It comes out in a big glass and I taste it. I'm like, I can't drink this. I just, I cannot drink this. After a while, I asked him what he put in it. He put Sprite, orange juice, um, tequila, uh, a cheap orange, orange liqueur, cheap, cheap triple sec. And it was, it was not drinkable, but I trusted the bartender because I love making them from scratch. I went to another place one time, uh, locally to me here, uh, 20 minutes. And I asked, you know, this is what I want. I don't want the mix. I want tequila, lime juice, uh, Cointreau, and that's it. That's what I want. He put those ingredients in, but didn't. this is a Mexican restaurant owned by a Mexican who the Mexican was, the owner was making my drink. He had no idea how to make a margarita like that. No idea. He's used to buying a margarita mix and throwing the stuff in, the alcohol, and that's it. He had no clue. He served me this big glass of lime juice, of lime juice, because he squeezed all these limes. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But they're used to putting stuff into a big glass. Remember, classic margarita, two ounces of tequila, one ounce of triple sec, and um, one ounce of lemon juice. That's only four ounces, right? Four ounces is a half a cup. It's a small portion, right? But he has these big glasses. He's used to pouring this mix in and make so he filled this thing up with lime juice and and I tasted them. I spit it out. It was so unedible, undrinkable. And this is what we're facing in America. We're facing cheap margaritas. And then on top of it, if you don't ask for a good tequila, you're getting what's called misto, M-I-S-T-O. Misto is a mixed blended tequilas behind the bar. A lot of restaurants use these because it, they're cheap tequilas. They're not 100% blue Weber agave. They are 51% by definition or more agave and then corn syrup or other fermentable sugars in there and it's a misto it's blended mixed agave it's not the real agave that you would want it's stuff that gives you headaches and stuff like that then you take triple sec triple sec is neutral grain a lot of restaurants do this neutral grain spirit which means vodka and then they add sugar and they add artificial orange flavor and restaurants love to buy triple sec for six dollars a bottle to ten dollars a bottle to mr boston's and all that's cheap triple sec they love to buy this because it's orange flavored so now they take in a sour mix with corn syrup some kind of sugar lots of sugar then they add in sometimes roses lime juice right roses lime juice another another non 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 consumable product uh simple syrup corn syrup loose loaded with with lime flavorings um so they've taken the sour mix Roses, lime juice in there, maybe in the sour mix, cheap triple sec, cheap blended tequila. And um, then they give this to you and you're like, oh, wow. And they put in this hurricane or big glass or whatever. And it's like, oh, bye. And it barely has any tequila in it and has all this sugar in it. So when you ask for the real deal, it's a really a game changer, a concept change. Totally like, well, people are like, I just don't know how to make a real margarita. And it's a shame because it's it's you're it's a shame that you're having to add all this chemicals and crap and sugar in now frozen margaritas talk about frozen margaritas the way a frozen margarita works any frozen drink is imagine like if you're watching your sugar content a frozen drink is not not for you right you need to add an excessive amount of sugar into the drink mix you could never take a margarita that you make like you pour the two ounces of tequila, one ounce of uh, triple sec, Cointreau, 
um, Graminier, you could never take that and your lime juice and throw it. And even with agave in it, if you want a little agave to sweeten it, you can never take that and throw it into a slushy machine and make and make a slushy mix of frozen drink. It would freeze up. It would become ice or the alcohol. It, it, it would or the ice in it would not free. Uh, it, would, it would not freeze because there's too much alcohol in it. Right. So alcohol doesn't freeze. So to be able to make that to freeze you have to add an excessive amount of sugar in there, right? The sugar adds the viscosity to freeze it. Imagine taking, making sugar-free ice cream at home. I'm gonna make sugar-free ice cream at home. I'm gonna take the milk or the cream, flavor it with vanilla or chocolate, and then all of a sudden take this and put this in the ice cream machine. You would turn out to have ice, frozen milk. You have to add the sugar into the cream and the milk to make it smooth and stretchy and the big companies also add in fish bladders to um to make it really really the temperature screw the temperature with it so that is an ingredient in um unilever's stuff um and I'm, I'm not sure if ben and jerry's uses it because ben and jerry's is owned by unilever but that's something to look into if you're concerned about fish products in your ice cream but in the meantime they have to add all the sugar to make the ice cream uh palatable and scoobal right and and make make it make it that consistency same thing with drinks going into the frozen machine you have to add an excessive amount of sugar. So frozen drinks are not for you if you want to, if you're watching your sugar, not for you at all. Don't get me wrong, a frozen cocktail uh, out of a slushy machine on a warm day, nothing beats nothing beats that. Um, it tastes great, it's cooling, it's awesome, but it's loaded with sugar. Now, tequila that goes into your margarita. Talked about the misto. You can also put in... Um, uh, what's tr true blue Weber agave, which some restaurants will use. You have to ask. This is why you never really want to just order the house margarita at a restaurant and not know what's going in it. Cause chances are it's not going to be close to the real deal. So tequila, silver, silver tequila. I like silver tequila. I used to like uh, reposado. Reposado meaning it's aged two to 10 months in oak barrels. However, you have products like Cuervo gold out there. Cuervo gold is not, aged tequila it's tequila with food coloring and a lot of tequilas uh brown tequilas gold tequilas are like that they're just food colored tequilas they think that the american market or americans think that you know this is an aged or better tequila because it's brown and this and that and it's not it's the same tequila which is food coloring in it so the true browner tequila the amber tequila is going to be the reposado which goes two to ten months in oak barrels which gets its coloring and mellows out the tequila uh, it's not quite as sharp and pronounced, but I like the pronounced flavor of tequila in my margarita. See, for me, it's a balancing act of a really good Curacao or Grand Marnier, um, or Cointreau, uh, the lime juice and the uh, tequila, along with a little bit of agave. I like a little bit of agave in mine. In our restaurant, we actually put a touch of seltzer in it too, just to make it pop, the flavor pop and, and um. And, but I mean, I could touch like a teaspoon, tablespoon. That's all we do in it. And our margaritas come in these little small glasses because we're literally only putting four ounces of product in there at a time. All right. Not that big, not that big, massive glass with all the sour mix in it. So um, you can use reposado, you can use silver. Um, Misto's out and the, the, the gold's out because the gold is, is, is going to, of course, um, um, uh, food colored. Now, what other spirits can you put into this? Maybe the question. We've seen mezcal me, with mezcalritas. Mezcalritas are very popular. We use mezcal in place of the tequila. 
mezcal is a smokier version of, and it's not tequila, it's mezcal. See, so when we talk about mezcals, when we talk about all these spirits in Mexico, imagine whiskey being the overall family. And in the family of whiskeys, you would have rye, you would have bourbons, you'd have a wheat whiskey, right? You'd have a mixed grain bourbon. You'd have all these different brown spirits underneath the category of whiskeys. A single malt is a whiskey. A splendid scotch is a whiskey, right? So the, an Irish Jameson is a whiskey. So same thing when it comes to Mexico and mezcals. You have mezcal is the overall family, which is mezcal in itself. And then you have tequila, uh, bacanora, sotol. These are all types that fall underneath that whole umbrella of mezcals, meaning they're made from cactus, cactus or agave, cactus and or agave. I'm going to use cactus and agave interchangeably here. I'm meaning that it's sort of the same thing when I when I reference it, cactus and agave. Okay, the agave cactus, uh, people call it as well. So I'm using it inter interchangeably. Now, the let's see. So mezcal, mezcal is made from a specific type of of cactus or several types, right? Different species, as opposed to the blue Weber for for tequila. The mezcal is mixed. Uh, Mezcal is made in much more in a primitive way. You dig a pit, you have a pit, a concrete pit. It has a roof on top of it. Uh, if you're making it primitively, like for your family and stuff like that, you're digging a hole outside and throwing all the pinas in, uh, wooding, charcoaling it up, wooding, right? A lot of wood, cover it up with dirt, put a smokestack in the center and cook it for um, seven days out there and then unearth it and then take a tohono wheel or something and crush it, press it, cut the juices out and then start the fermentation process from there. Because it's cooked like that, it is very smoky. It can be very smoky. Some mezcals have less smoke. There's one brand called Indecent Old Man, which is no smoke. It is actually a steamed mezcal. He believes that um, to his part of being green and preserving the environment is not using wood to make his mezcal. So if you're making mezcal for your family, you're basically digging a pit outside. If you're making it in a company, in a distillery, you have a concrete pit out there that is has a roof on top of it, probably no side on the walls and doing the same traditional method. If I go to a restaurant and I see all these big brands of tequila on the shelves, I'm not into the big brands, but I know that Mezcal is made in a much more primitive way, uh, sort of like cognac versus Armagnac. There's 5 million cases of cognac that come into the US a year and only uh, 150,000 cases of Armagnac. So you can see the production differences. Same thing with tequila versus mezcal. Massive production difference and um, smaller productions, smaller family-run operations. Tequila has become such a major industry that most tequilas, a lot of tequilas, when you walk into a restaurant, are made in a factory, not a small family-run distillery, but a massive factory. And you and I can have our own tequila brand. So if we wanted to make Marcus's organic tequila, we would take a trip down to Mexico. We'd walk into one of the factories and they would show us, they would show us vat number one there is this recipe. Vat number two is this recipe. Uh, Tasties, if you like these that already exist in our portfolio, we'll just slap your label on them and we'll ship them to you in the US. You want to, how many pallets do you want? And we are in the tequila business. That's how that happens. Uh, recently, I met somebody who started a tequila business with a $9,000 debt on their credit card. And now they have a bigger brand distributed in 40 states across the country. Very good tequila. I love tequila. It's made properly, but they went to a place and had it subcontracted out into a co-packer, which most are co-packers, and had their own label done for $9,000 to start a tequila brand that is now across the country uh, six, seven, eight years later. And so that's the reality of getting into the tequila business. Um, and someone like Sammy Hagar capitalized on his name, 
um, made Cabo Wabo and then sold it for like $80 million to a big company. He probably could have gotten a lot more for it now, seeing that he sold it over 10 years ago and the tequila craze is insane right now. So Mezcal makes it smoky. I'm not a big fan of Mezcal after one. I can do one. I can't do two because the smoke is too overwhelming. There's a product called Sotol from the, uh, comes from Baca. Uh, Sotol comes from uh, Chihuahua or Durango, the two states. That's where I know it comes from. And it is the only spirit, Sotol is the only spirit in Mexico that is made from true wild cactus or agave. It's made from the desert spoon cactus. And that is 100% wild. It's not cultivated. So if you're into all things wild, like wild blueberries and wild salmon, and you like margaritas, then you're going to want to have your margaritas made with Sotol to continue that natural wild foraged uh, theme in your diet and so satol is great it's not quite as smoky and it's not um quite tequila ish like it's going to be a good combination in between of the acidity of tequila the sharpness of tequila and the balance of smoke with mezcal i like that in my in my margaritas however when you go into a restaurant most even good mexican restaurants will not have satol it stops at mezcal so the other two spirits are even lesser known and they will um, they will probably not be able to be found as well. So the other one is Bacanora, made from yet again another type of cactus. And then the last one is Racelia. Racelia is very small production in the South, in the same state as tequila in Jalisco. Um, it is made from a couple different other types of cactuses. Um, people thought it was illegal for a long time because it was illegal for a while. It is legal here in the U.S. It is um, made from these cactuses. Racelia is going to be sweeter and fruitier than traditional tequila. Uh, Racelia is um, oven roasted. Uh, it's not steamed like tequila. Racelia is oven roasted. Um, it is cooked. Uh, some a lot of tequila is steamed. A lot of lot of lot of agaves are steamed. Certain agaves are not, though they're oven roasted as well. But Racelia is. Racelia has its own do, its own denomination, like tequila or like Italian foods have their own origins in Italy and French wines and stuff like that. It's protected by the government. It was illegal at one point. People think that oh, you can't get it in the U.S. or this or that. It is available in the U.S. It is pricey. Uh, it is suggested you drink it chilled. Uh, so keep it in the refrigerator, drink it chill, drink it in a sherry glass or a snifter and enjoy it. Some racelias get very expensive. They do go up into my cost wholesale, a hundred or more a bottle. I don't know why they're that much money, but they are that much money. It's, it's, so they're twice the price of tequila right out of the gate. So you wouldn't be making a, a margarita from racelia because um, price-wise it would inhibit it. Uh, and most Mexican restaurants don't even have Racelia. We're actually doing a Racelia tasting next week. I discovered Racelia earlier in the year at the bar nightclub show in Vegas. There was uh, one producer there of Racelia, and I was totally blown away. I was like, this is fantastic. I need to get some of this. I looked on the New York State Guide for uh, Spirits and Wines in New York, and there's only like four or five brands of Racelia available in the whole state. That's it. That is all in the whole state of New York. There's, um, I don't know, two, three, 400 tequila brands available in New York alone. So that puts that into perspective. Satol, there's only, I don't know, Satol. In fact, let me do a quick search right now and see what I can find for Satol here. So we have a database here um, that's going 
um, pretty viral across the country. It's called 750. And 750 is a site that has all of the our spirits and everything posted uh, and wines from the state. So let's see, Satol, Satol specialty, Satol style, Satol. Let's see here. Um, Satol. All right, so there's not many Satols, folks. Let's find out exactly how many there are here. Um, it's one page of, of, of results, so Satol. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Next page. Six. Seven. Eight, nine, ten. Third page, let's see. And eleven. Maybe the twelfth and thirteenth are available. They don't have a specific vendor. Oh, no, they do. 13 Satolls available in New York State. That's it under the specialty category of Satolls. That is it. 13. So this is why even your better Mexican restaurant is not going to have Satoll. First of all, I probably don't know where to buy it. Um, and they probably don't know about it. Racelia is going to even be rarer than Satoll, right? So, and more expensive. Some of those Satolls do get expensive, by the way. Some of them are worth their 65, 75 bucks a bottle. Uh, average $40 a bottle and up wholesale cost. So um, Racelia, Bacanora, Satol, Mezcal, Tequila. Those are all of your, these are the five Mexican spirits that I know of. Now, could there be another one? There absolutely could be. For the longest time, I thought there was only four. I uh, thought that um, Bacanora, uh, that I didn't know very seen until I went to the bar and food show, bar nightclub show. I didn't know about that until then. And, um, and of course there's no reason, uh, because, uh, like I said, there's only like four available in New York here. So, um, a little more information on Racelia. Um, it is the Southwestern part of the state of Jalisco. So it's a specific region in Jalisco where, to, uh, uh, to least, uh, Jalisco is a state that, that tequila comes in. Um, let's see, uh, anything else we need to know about Racelia here? Um, what does Racelia taste like? Uh, it is subtle smokiness, but is generally more pungent acids, acidic, fruity and floral, fruitier and floral than mezcals or tequila. So, um, they nicknamed it tequila's funkier cousin, uh, on Thrillist, thrillist.com tequila's funkier cousin uh, i'm I have not read this article yet but i will read this article um looks like a good read here and they do some brands here and these they list some prices of these brands the cheapest one here uh is 40 dollars, which is the one where that's 40 dollars for a half bottle so 80 bucks for a full bottle then 60 85 dollars 95 130 and 200 dollars for racelia so they see that you can, they are more expensive than tequila and mezcal and the others. So 
um let's see anything else i can talk about recently i think i think i've covered a lot there on this so that is your full rundown for margaritas and tequilas and tequila like uh spirits from mexico um if uh and again margaritas are just so popular very very popular so again if you want the real deal in a margarita you go to a bar a restaurant and you say this is all i want in my in my margarita i want two ounces of tequila i want an ounce of fresh lime juice i want one ounce of cointreau in most cases uh grand Meunier. i'll tell you the difference right after this and uh maybe a touch of agave to round it out I want it shaken, I want it poured on the rocks, and a rim of salt. And that right there is your margarita. When you go to Husson's in, um, in Mexico, in, in Ensenada, the place that invented it, or a bar in Deleuze, they are short margaritas, because there's just four ounces, right? They're small, short margaritas. That's it. They're not these big, sugary drinks at all. You can find the big, sugary drinks in Mexico, all throughout the resorts, and even in some of the some of the smaller cities we went to uh, that are that are more touristy, they have those sugary margaritas like they have here in the United States. When you go to a place and the restaurant pulls out a jug and starts pouring out of a jug, you know you're in trouble. You definitely know you are in trouble with what's in that margarita. Now, the worst day to possibly drink margaritas in a restaurant is going to be Cinco de Mayo because I can guarantee you most Mexican restaurants will be making volumes ahead of this stuff. Uh, because they're going to go through so many margaritas. Uh, so maybe they are, maybe they're not. You just have to ask. You have to watch and see what they're doing. But they're, that's the day they're going to want to take shortcuts and really make it. Now, as far as taking shortcuts, even though we have the recipe down pat for a margarita, I find when you scale it out to a pitcher, it's just not the same as making them individually. You know, And when people ask us for a pitcher of margaritas at the restaurant here, I'm like, we're going to charge you the same price you might as well get one by one by one by one and avoid the, the scaling of it. Cause it's just, I, I feel it doesn't, it just doesn't come out the same logistically. It should. Right. But it just, it doesn't um, for some reason. So um, let's talk about, let's end this with the talk about your orange liqueur. That's going to go into the margarita. Cause I didn't talk about that. Cointreau people like to say Cointreau or Gramignet. Cointreau is a neutral grain spirit. So it's basically vodka base with sugar and infused oranges right that's what that is grand Meunier is cognac so it's a brandy so neutral grain coming from grain so a neutral grain spirit like vodka the vodka in the um in the cointreau is made from grains grand Meunier is made from wine so you grow ungi blanc grape you then you distill it into wine and you take that highly acidic strong wine and you distill it out to the base of cognac then from cognac, you put it into barrels and you age it to get the color. And that is how you get cognac or armagnac. Then for Gramignet, you take the cognac and you infuse oranges into it. Green oranges, by the way. Did you know green oranges go into cognac? They buy so many green oranges. Uh, they actually own a major orange plantation uh, in, I'm not sure if it's in the Dominican Republic or where it's exactly at, but it's a big orange production facility and the green oranges go into Gramignet and specific type of green orange. And then sugar and you have grand Meunier. so if you put grand Meunier versus cointreau in your margarita two totally different flavor profiles right imagine making a margarita now with imagine we break out the ingredients we take we take um um tequila lime juice and instead of grand Meunier, we take a shot of cavassier 
shot of orange, something orange, right? Orange extract in there. Uh, maybe take some orange peels and pop some orange peels there and twist it and get the, you know, muddle an orange in there. Some get some get some kind of orange flavor and some sugar. You would never really make think of making a margarita that way, a cognac in. Uh, but that's in a sense what it is. And people love it. I'm not saying it's wrong. You just wouldn't think of that. So I like it with Grand Meunier. I also like it with Cointreau. However, we've discovered a brand called Brovo, B-R-O-V-O, Brovo, made by bartenders specifically for the margarita. They were frustrated bartenders that said, this is crazy. We want something that's going to fit the bill better for a margarita. So they've taken three spirits, neutral grain, a.k.a. vodka, rum, so rum, right, a little sweeter, right, made from, made from a sugar, rum, and cognac. So three spirits blended together, three sugars, so like a brown sugar, you know, three different sugars, and then three different oranges. Three sugars, three oranges, three spirits. The blend together, and you have Brovo Curacao. It is amazing for margaritas. If you find this, this is what you will want to use. This is what makes our margaritas, so, one of the reasons what makes our margaritas so darn good is because of this Curacao. If you're putting in triple sec, which a lot of places love that cheap bottle of triple sec, $6 bottle of Mr. Boston's or $8 bottle of Mr. Boston's or whatever cheap brand of triple sec, it's neutral grain, cheap vodka, neutral grain spirit, cheap vodka, artificial flavorings, and lots of sugar. And when you put that into a margarita with bad tequila, with a bad mix, with mixes with more sugars and artificial flavorings, you have what is called a terrible margarita, which is the normal margaritas that are served across America and all these chains and all these big restaurants. That's what you have, folks. It's part of it's part of what, what it is to keep costs down. And it's not really that much more expensive the other way, but they're keeping costs down by less labor, by, you know, you know it's just... All around, they're saving on it. You make a margarita the, the real way, two ounces of tequila, one ounce of good curacao, 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 not blue curacao, but curacao, good curacao, good orange, good orange triple sec, a real triple sec that's using real oranges, right? Not the cheap stuff. That and real lime juice, fresh squeezed lime juice, and then you throw a little bit of agave nectar in there. Your best margarita ever if you want that agave. If you don't want the agave, then don't make sure it's a light amber agave not a dark agave because some garbage come dark do not use a dark agave it'll add little different flavors and make your margarita brown and um so that's the story with that folks that is your true margarita that is this is the margarita edition your rundown on all your spirits of mexico hope you enjoyed it please share this out if you don't like margaritas and share it somebody who does like margaritas make a comment on this podcast wherever you're watching it um, please drop a rating. I appreciate it. Uh, this um, will just help this podcast keep growing and um, encourage me to keep making content, right? So uh, please share it out and always drink responsibly. And of course, this was brought to you by Aroma Time Bistro and VIP Winery Vacations. Everybody, thank you very much. I appreciate the views. I, if you come to my restaurant, I really appreciate the support. Without you, we would not be here and um, until the next episode. See you then.